0: Hello, and welcome to the Build with Clay podcast. I am your host, Clay Davis. This podcast is designed to introduce you to people from across the world who have one thing in common. They want to grow in their life and inspire others. You'll get a front row seat to hear about how they define their mindset and their purpose. We'll unearth their habits, their failures, and learnings throughout their journey. And this will allow you to take those habits those failures and those learnings and apply them to your personal growth journey, no matter where you're trying to build yourself and grow. This podcast is designed for you. So thank you for being here. Prepare to meet interesting people, hear fun stories, learn something new and plan to leave inspired. Welcome to another episode of the build with clay podcast. Today, we are going to build with Paula Sores, Paula from Miami, Florida, is a graduate from DePaul University. She's a former journalist and national news producer that has had stories appear on Univision, Telemundo ABC News, among others. Paola now hosts a top 50 business podcast called But First She Failed. The podcast focuses on career growth, women entrepreneurs, overcoming imposter syndrome, growth mindset, and confidence, all things we love here on the Build With Clay podcast. Paula is passionate about helping women gain confidence in their careers, businesses, and overcome the fear of failing that many times can be holding them back from living the life of their dreams. Paula, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Clay. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today.
0: Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. So, Obviously, you've got your podcast that uh we're gonna direct listeners to, but first she failed podcast. Great podcast. I've listened to a number of episodes. Yeah. So congratulations, by the way. Thank I know you. you're above 50 episodes. So yes. um great <laughs> job. I'm I'm coming for you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh I'm coming for you here, but congratulations on Thank on getting you. to that point.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Um Yes, the, the podcast is my heart, but for She Failed, uh, it's the first and only podcast that focuses on speaking to trailblazing women about their moments of quote unquote failure and how those moments propel them to where they are today. So it's really, um, you know, my heart is really for it to be inspirational and help women redefining, you know, the idea of failure, you know, so that they can go out and chase bold dreams and live these purpose-filled lives. So thank you so much for, for that warm introduction.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Paola. We're going to talk a lot about what you've learned throughout your career, what you've learned throughout interviewing other trailblazing women, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. So, But first, we're going to have some fun, and I'm going to get to know you a little bit. We're going to have the listeners get to know you a little bit. So we're going to do a couple would-you-rather questions.
1: Okay, great. So first
0: one, it's summer. Would you rather get sunburned or be caught in the rain?
1: Ooh, summer, definitely caught in the rain, yeah. (laughs) That sounds a lot more appealing than sunburn
0: the sunburn lingers
1: refreshing, especially yeah that sounds very refreshing actually in the summer <laughs> <laughs> definitely
0: would you rather be able to eat anything without gaining weight or be able to fly
1: definitely be able to eat anything without gaining weight that would be inc- incredible I'm a foodie I love food so what would you eat Superpower.
0: <laughs> yeah what would you eat
1: I mean, pizza, tacos, it's, you know, pasta. I'm trying to think what else. I I, I mean, I love all the things, you know, Peruvian food is a favorite too. Chinese food, everything. Ice cream. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think I'm a sucker. I've got a sweet tooth, so I've got a, it would be really cool to fly. I think I would lean fly, but being able to eat whatever I wanted, I mean, I would eat so much apple pie, so much ice cream.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. It, that's awesome yeah just well, very good of like a superhero power that i would want to have and that's it <laughs> there you go me. that's what there i you want go. all
0: yeah. right and i love this question so uh if you're about to go on a road trip you know you and your family are about to go on a mm-hmm. road trip and you're going to walk into a convenience store mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to get one drink and one snack you're the passenger on this road trip what is the dr- one drink and one snack that you're grabbing
1: honestly Water because I feel like I get dehydrated. I have all I always have a water bottle with me at all times. I don't know, I get thirsty a lot. So, um, I know that sounds like the healthy choice and probably not realistic, but I, but I do. I mean, I think water, um, I'm always thirsty. So, I I always say if I was a Barbie doll, my little, like, my little, you know, they come with purses and different things. My thing would be a water bottle because I always have one with me. And as far as snack, honestly, like, I'm not a big snacker. I would want like, Food and probably get like popcorn chicken or something, like something easy to eat on the road, something where you can dip it in like barbecue sauce and like, you know, eat that as you go. Like, there I love like, salty and like food. So,
0: Speaking of food and drink, I know you have a fun story around your first day of work and having to do with coffee. So I'd love for you to share that story. Yeah,
1: that's so funny. When I moved across the country, so I went to um, you know school for broadcast journalism. That's my background, right? I used to work in national news as a news producer. And when I graduated from college, and I took my real adult job. I mean, I've been working since I was fifteen, but this was my like my career job. And I moved across the country with this opportunity. I moved from Chicago, Illinois, to Miami. Miami, Florida very, very different culture. Everything is very different. I am um, of Colombian background, you know, and so I was like, oh, I'm coming to Miami. I'm going to understand the culture. You know, that's very, there's a lot of Latino Americans here. And I remember on my first day at Univision, I I got a job with uh, Univision Network. And I remember in the cafeteria, someone offered me, there were a lot of people around the coffee station and they offered me Cuban coffee for the first time. And, you know, when you're kind of new and insecure, you know, like I kind of so like in that college, high school stage, you kind of try to play it cool, right? Especially because the people, some people were around my age, um, you know, different guys and girls. I just wanted to play it cool. Like I knew what was going on. I think they asked me, have you ever tried Cuban coffee? And I said, oh yeah, of course, you know? And they're like, do you want some? And I was like, yeah. And I think I tried to be cool. And I took... Um, the whatever we were pouring it out of. And I put it into this big styrofoam cup. And if anyone has ever had Cuban coffee, you do not drink it that way. This is like pure espresso with a ton of sugar. You're supposed to have it in little, little tiny shots. And I remember as I did that, I took this, like filled up this whole styrofoam cup of Cuban coffee and I tried to play it cool. Everyone was like staring at me and quiet and in re- I walked away. I mean, but in retrospect, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, they must've been like this silly girl, like trying to play it cool not just being honest about not knowing, you know? <laughs> um, but it's so funny. Yeah. So I always remember that. I'm like, that was my first exposure to, um, I think that was on my first day when I, you know, started at Univision, but also like my first exposure to Cuban coffee.
0: That's well done. Thank you for yeah. sharing the story. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love now that. You now, know I,
1: if you ever come to Miami, you have to be careful with the Cuban coffee. <laughs> apparently.
0: Yeah. Apparently. Well, thank you for sharing. And uh, and I want to get into two questions that I always ask every guest. And then we're going to get into a lot of the topics that you cover on your podcast yeah. and I know that you're passionate about. Yeah. So the first one is, Paula, I'm curious, how would you define a growth mindset?
1: I always think of a growth mindset as something where the person's open and available to learn and to grow. And they're always seeking to, you know, to grow and to evolve. And they don't think that they know everything. I think it's very easy for us to, you know, as adults, like I mentioned, you know, after, you know, in college or after the fact or whatever stage of life that we're in, I think it's very easy for us to think like, okay, we know, you know, we know how things work, right. And I think the older we get, the more we realize we don't know how things work, you know, so someone that carries a growth mindset is someone that is open and available and open to learning new things, always eager to grow and to evolve and really excited to to grow, right? I think we can have limiting mindsets and really be really closed off to growth. And I think the opposite of that, right, is a growth mindset, right? Where someone is seeking to grow, to evolve, to become better every day, right? Because the race isn't against someone else. So again, you know, it's it's looking at who you were with who you're trying to become, right? So it's your own journey and it's not a race, you know, but it's your own journey and it's always trying to strive to become a better version of you, right? That's what I think a growth mindset is.
0: All right. Second question. This one gets a little deeper, Mm -hmm. but I'm curious, how would you define what your why or your purpose is in life?
1: I think, you know, your why can evolve. I don't think it's like one thing, you know, your whole life because I think a lot of times, you know, in different seasons that that changes right your focus. But I definitely think that something that I know that through my life story and the things that I've gone through, my testimony and everything that I've gone through in my life, I know that it's brought me to this point where I'm very passionate about helping women redefine this idea of failure and, you know, so they can overcome like I mentioned and, you know, live the life of their dreams, right? And chase bold dreams and I think that comes from my own story of quote unquote, failure, everything that I've gone through. I think in life, life has a way of teaching you things and you can either fall into it or you can grow through it, right? And once you grow through it, I think it's important that we turn around and help the next person, right? So whatever we gather, the nuggets, the wisdom that we um gather and gain, I think it's important to turn around and then help the next person. So what I feel like my purpose and my calling is in this season is really to help women redefine that idea of failure. And I want them to live purpose-filled lives, right? I don't want them to be working in jobs that they hate in the mundane. I want them to be really walking in like what they're called to do because I think we're all uniquely gifted. I think there's so many things that we could be doing with our lives. And I think because of fear of failure, it stops so many women. So in this season, I'm on a mission to help women with this idea of Redefining this idea of failure so that we can stop, you know, stop allowing this fear of failure to stop us from living these incredible lives that we're supposed to live. So that's really what I feel like my mission is in the season and my purpose is.
0: Well, and the goal of this episode is to try to extract some of those nuggets that you've found out, that you figured out through your own experiences, through the experience of others. So you touched on a couple of the failures that you said kind of propelled you into figuring out, Hey, Hey failure, I should probably try and grow through this, not just suffer through this. What's an example of one of those failures?
1: Yeah. Well, I think uh, an example would be my major, major one. It was kind of like a callus. It's the callus for the whole podcast and really kind of like a major defining moment for me was ever since I was 12, I wanted to be a reporter. I wanted to work in national news. And I I got the opportunity to do that after I graduated from college. This incredible door opened for me across the country. I always wanted to work at Univision Network in national news. I wanted to work and move to Miami, Florida. It was just a dream that I feel like God you
0: wanted to drink Cuban coffee.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> wanted to drink Cuban coffee and make a fool of myself uh, <laughs> with a massive cup of it. But um but yeah no I, I had always had this dream since you know since I can remember. And when the door and the opportunity opened for me to go work in national news as a news reporter, a news producer, you know, I was like, I'm going to step from that into reporting eventually. I, you know, I moved across the country and it was an incredible season. I learned so much. I was working with major names in journalism and Spanish speaking news and English speaking news. I was, you know, had stories that were airing on national TV. I was uh, part of the teams that were interviewing celebrities and politicians, and it was just such a cool experience for me. And I learned a ton from that season. And then about four years after that, I went into this news startup that was starting at the time. And this is, I feel like the season of all startups. This is when like Uber was starting, you know, Instacart, I feel like 2014, everything was like taking off. And so I went to this news startup uh, company And, you know, it was like a dream opportunity at the time. It was a talk of the town and all, a talk of the industry. And well, what happened was that I, you know, I got into that job and a year after I got there, I was let go of that job. I was devastated. It honestly took me forever to say the words. I was fired because I could not say that. It took me about six years, honestly, to be able to say that, you know, just because my whole life I had always, you know, I had started working at the age of 15 at a deli, you know, and I had always had from one job to the next i had always you know you know gone into the next job because i had interviewed they loved me and then it was i had always left one job for another so never in my life had i been told hey you know you're being let go or anything and for me that was so devastating i had wrapped up my identity in where I worked and, you know, what was on my um, business card. And I found a lot of value in in that. When I was let go, I remember I was devastated. I honestly, I didn't think that I had failed. It was more severe than that. I, I always say this. I felt like I was a failure, right? I didn't feel like I failed. I felt like a failure. And I did everything that was wrong of, uh, in the sense of like, I allowed myself to feel like, I I, cry, I cried a little bit about it, but then I was just like full of shame. I didn't want to talk to people in my industry. I had a lot of great contacts. I probably could have, you know, had a coffee date and probably gotten into another position. But I just took it to heart so deeply, and I had been dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome when I was in that role. You know, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm in my twenties. Who am I to be in in the same boardroom in this meeting with? The CEO of, you know, a major news network or who am I to be next to this Emmy award winning winning, you know, anchor or reporter or the celebrity like I I honestly felt that I wasn't, um, you know, worthy. A lie that I wasn't worthy. Yeah. And I was struggling with all those feelings of imposter syndrome thinking like, who am I to be in this role? Like, I'm not good enough to be in this. There's so many other people that are, that should be here. A lot of my colleagues in that's in that new startup environment were from Ivy League universities. Right. So I was like, oh my God, I'm not a Harvard graduate. I went to a good university, but it wasn't Harvard, you know? And I started to allow all these thoughts of imposter syndrome in. And for me, it was, you know, when that happened, it just was kind of like, solidifying, like, see, you weren't good enough for this, which was all a lie, you know? But for me, it took me many years to kind of come get over that where, you know, it took me, I wish I could say that it took me a week. I wish I could, I could say it took me a month or a couple of months or maybe a year. But the reality is it took me many years to get over that blow. Like I started going to different fields and trying to do different things and working in different industries. And the truth is it's like, no, that's what I was called to do. I love storytelling. This is I'm passionate about it, you know, and I was trying to reinvent myself and try to do all these other things that I, you know, I would work in a new, new role. And after a while, it just felt so like, it felt so mundane. I felt so bored with it. You know, I didn't love what I was doing and I kept trying to reinvent myself, but the truth is there was nothing wrong with what I was doing. It just wasn't that position wasn't the right one for me. Right. But it took me many years of kind of, you know, going through this where I, you know, I felt like a failure and then Going through the steps of overcoming this the season that I felt like a failure and overcoming this quote unquote failure, that it finally in 2020 is when I was like, no, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a podcast. It had been on my heart for a while, and I realized something. I realized that I used to look up to all these women in the news industry and outside of the news industry. I used to look up to them and think like, oh, they're a different type of woman than I am. They have it more put together. They're they're better than I am. I'm, you know, I'm not as good as them, or I'm disorganized, or I'm a hot mess. Or I used to think all these thoughts. When that that's not true, right? Every single woman that I looked up to, they all had these moments of quote unquote failure, right? They all had setbacks. No, no successful person is immune from this, right? The more and more I started reading biographies of these incredibly successful men and women, I started seeing, oh my gosh, when you really dig into their stories, they have these moments where they were super disappointed, where they. They felt the same way that I did, right? They they went through a lot of different things, but a lot of times in our society, we look at the highlight reels and we, or we look at those mountaintop moments and we don't see all of those moments that led up to it, all the setbacks, all the challenges that they had to overcome to get to where they are today. And once I finally had that revelation that, oh my gosh, every successful person fails, it's just a part of the process. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with anyone when they have a setback. It's literally a part of the, you cannot get to success without having those moments. Once I had that revelation and then epiphany, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I need to do a podcast. Up. I need to do a podcast around this topic and destigmatize this idea of failure." And that's really where what kind of the moment that birthed this whole podcast and kind of this whole movement that I'm, you know, this whole mission that I'm on.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. So thank you for sharing yeah. the story and sharing how you failed. I mean, that's a vulnerable thing to do, and I know you've been doing it on your podcast. And I'm curious. So you said you wish it would have taken a couple of weeks. Or yeah. A month or even a year, yeah. but it took five, six years. Yeah. For those that are stuck in that cycle now, yeah, what what would you tell them?
1: There's a few steps, right? I've I've actually done a couple episodes where I kind of created like a little bit of a framework, if you will, on overcoming failure. And I mean, I can share that uh, share that with a listener. Yeah, let's let's go into yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's really important. I guess the first the first step is to really, you know, take some time to reflect and forgive. And what do I mean by that? It's really important that we take time, whatever, whatever that is that's holding us back, whatever that moment is where we feel like, oh, my gosh, I failed or I'm a lot of times the reality is we can get stuck in these seasons. And you know how you mentioned like, oh, for me, it was six years. I know people that have been stuck in seasons like this for 20 years you know, there's no time limit on this. That's, and that's really why I think it's so important that we have these conversations, right? Because it's, it can go on, you know, it can go on indefinitely. We don't want to waste another minute with that, you know? And so the first step, like I mentioned, is reflect um, and forgive. And what is, what do I mean by that? Reflect and forgive is really, you know, taking time to think back on the situation, think back on what happened, take out your journal, reflect on it, write about it, talk about, you know, spend some time alone where you really take time to really reflect on what ownership did you do? Like, could you have done something better in this situation? How could you have maybe handled the situation better? You know, of course, you know, situations like this are twofold, right? But it's really important that we don't just blame someone else or just say, Oh my gosh, you know, that's the easy
0: thing to do. The easy exactly. thing to do is to blame others.
1: Exactly. That's the easy thing to do. So it's really important that we step back and we say, no, what, what ownership do I have in this? What did it, you know, what could I have maybe done better? You know, a lot of times takes us a while to do that but it's like if we really stop because i think we can go through the motions we can try to go into the next season really quickly like let me just forget about this but the trauma is still there the feelings are still there right and we haven't really overcome that so it's really important that we take that time to reflect and really think about like what could i have done better what are the lessons i learned that's very key like what Am I going to take from this season that just happened that's so painful? What am I going to take it into the next season? How am I going to do this better the next time something like this comes up? How am I going to approach the situations different? So reflecting, figuring out what the lessons learned, what was my ownership in it? And then I say forgive because it's really important that we forgive. A lot of times, it's really easy not to forgive, right? But when we don't forgive, it's really poison for ourselves, right? You can be so mad at in this in this case, I could have been so mad at the boss that signed the paperwork or made the the call to let me go, right? But it's really important that we take time to forgive them and just you know say you know it's okay in our hearts. We don't even have to have this conversation with them, but it's really important that in our hearts we forgive this person, whoever the situation was, whether that is uh, you know a divorce or whether that is like this like a partnership, maybe a business partnership that went sideways or whatever the situation that you're looking at is where you feel like maybe this was an unfair situation it's really important that we do those two things we start off with that reflect and we forgive right and once we for reflect and forgive, then it's important that we start taking time to um, to walk into to protecting ourselves, right? Because it's really a season where we are vulnerable, right? And we start to consume different things. So it's really important that we kind of protect what we take in, the media that we take in, the things that we consume in the season, as well as the people that we're around, right? So those are, it's kind of protecting ourselves in the season. So we can reflect and forgive, but it's also important that we protect ourselves. And how do we do that? We protect ourselves by the content that we consume, right? If you're in a vulnerable place where you're not, you're feeling kind of like, man, I I don't have it all together, or I'm really frustrated with whatever happened, or I'm really sad about what happened. It's really important that we make sure that, um, I think it's really easy to consume content that's very same state that we're in right but for example if i i've noticed in myself if i'm sad about something and i'm consuming I, I mentioned this in the episode when I recorded it, I was watching The Sopranos, like the whole, like all the seasons. And I was like, it is a great show. But honestly, it puts me kind of in a sad place, you know. And and what I mean by that is like, it's really important that we protect kind of our minds and protect the, the content that we're consuming, right? So maybe this is a great time to listen to a Clay's podcast, right? Be inspired, listen to a book or read an autobiography of someone that inspires you and get really excited, right? It's really important that we protect ourselves and not consume media that's going to make us feel more vulnerable, more sad, as well as who are the people that we're around, right? If we're in a season where we feel like, man, I messed up and I did this stuff. If you're hanging around people that are just, you know, kind of, beating you up or kind of saying, yeah, you could have done this better and not really encouraging you and not really saying, Oh, you know, it happened, but let's move on, or you're incredible or speaking life over you. Those are really important things, right? You need to protect yourself because it's such a vulnerable season. So it's like you have to be going through these steps, right? It's like once you reflect and you forgive, then you have to be protecting yourself. Who are the people that are coming around you? Who are the people whose voices you're letting in? Because if you have a group of friends, maybe from high school, but they're all very negative and they don't uh, don't see the value in the dream that you have, then maybe don't share that dream with them. Maybe they're not the people that you need in this season. Maybe you need to join... um, a small group at your church, or maybe you need to get into a meetup group in your city and get around people that are, you know, excited and full of life and kind of on that inspire you in that way, you know? So it's really important that we protect the content that we consume, the books that we consume, the things that we consume, protect ourselves, as well as the people that we allow around us. Right. And yeah. Hey,
0: and I'll, I'll jump in on this. So one of the most interesting things I've heard recently is that, we are the combination of our habits and the five people that we spend the most time with.
1: Yes. Yes. And that goes
0: right into what you were just saying is that if you're around people that are just always sad and your habits are to just sit on the couch and consume sad Netflix Mm -hmm. or what's going to be spat out of that, like you're just going to be the combination of that eventually. And you're going to continue to wallow. And that's a very easy, but vicious cycle to be in.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's like, for example, you know how we were talking about food earlier, right? Like how I, I, I was mentioning how I love um, being a foodie and all that. But it's true. It's like also like, for example, if, let's just say like you want to lose weight, if you want to lose weight, but you're hanging out with friends that every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're going to like chilies or I don't know, somewhere that where the food is not low in calories and not the healthiest food it's going to be hard for you to lose weight. Right. It's like, it's very important that you you start, you know, kind of surrounding yourself with people that have similar mindsets. I'm not saying to get rid of all your friends and your, your family, or not be around family, but it's just to be very careful and intentional with like, okay, if I'm spending all my time with these people, what are, like you just said, the habits that I'm developing, right. So it's really important that you be very careful about like exactly what you said, because you are the sum of the people you spend the most time with. So,
0: and I, uh- I want to ask you, because it sounds like you have some experience in, you know, reflecting on, okay, who are the people I'm around and maybe I should reprioritize a little bit during this season. How do you go about, you know, a friend maybe you've had for 10 years and it's like, look, they're not, I I should probably limit my time with them because of the season I'm in. How do you go about having that discussion with someone?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I wish I knew a great way to, to answer that because I'll be honest with you, I'll just share what I went through in that specific season. I felt very vulnerable, right? And I knew that there were certain friendships that just would not give me the space and the peace where I needed to be in, in that season, you know, and I was to be a hundred percent transparent in that season. I just was not as available for coffee dates with certain people as I, as I was, you know, saying I no is it,
0: okay. We, we yeah. feel like saying no is okay. Just saying like, yeah. look, it just now is not the right time. I can't do it. it, it, it it's it, okay. It, if they're a real friend or they're really, you know, they really care, then, you know, they'll understand. And hopefully when you're in a different season, it's right back where you were
1: exactly exactly and i think that that's so true i think it's really important like you just mentioned boundaries that's kind of like a boundaries thing right it's like it's and i've gotten better at that since the season that i'm talking about but really being clear about your you know your boundaries being like okay in this season i need to protect myself so i'm going to put up some boundaries with with certain people and then you, uh, something that i think is also important is i've heard it be said that there are some people around that in your life that are like energy vampires and energy mm. i think energy thrivers i think it is and it's there's certain people around you and there's certain people that I would go around and I would have coffee with them and I felt oh my god so inspired I felt like I could take on the world you know like after having a conversation with them I felt that I was in like I was incredible they were incredible the life was you know the world was our oyster we could do all things and some people just gave me so much energy gave me so much hope so much inspiration and this could be a conversation talking about anything it doesn't even have to be talking about your dream or- yeah you or can
0: just yeah, you get fueled you by their energy it. and fueled by them.
1: Fueled. Exactly. While there were other people that I realized it's like, whenever I would get around them, I would leave a little bit depleted, right? Where I would have to kind of go back and retreat and kind of recover that energy and, you know, kind of build myself back up. And I realized that in that season, I was so delicate because I was going through so much emotionally that I just could not be around those people. If I felt like, oh my gosh, I need to prepare myself to see this person Energy-wise, and then after I left with them, I had to build myself up again, or I had to, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was in a safe space to to have conversations, or I didn't really want to be asked. I kind of started paying attention to those things, and I was like very intentional about, like, okay. Who are the people that I'm gonna spend my time most more the majority of my time within this season and who are the people that we not that I'm not? And to your point, I think it's really a great sign of a good friendship when the person doesn't mind, right? I've seen memes and things go up on social media where it says sometimes people are going through things and it's not about you. Now I'm realizing like if a friend doesn't want to hang out with me that much in the season, that's okay. I'm still going to love them from afar. I don't know what they're going through and, you know, why maybe in the season I'm not in that, but that's okay. I'm still going to love them and I'm not going to take it personally because we don't know the things people are going through, you know? Oh, so, yeah,
0: and people, it, it's amazing. Everyone is always going through something. It could be yeah. minor, it could be major, and yeah. it's honestly pretty rare that we actually know what's happening. Someone told me this one time and it it's always stuck with me just that, Every time you have an interaction with someone, if you can bring that energy, like you never know what they're going through. They're always, someone's always going through something and you could be the reason why they are a little bit more chipper. They're a little bit more happy the next day. And and it it takes energy to do that and foresight, and you also have to be okay, like you said, when really want to hang out with a friend or see a loved one and it's just constant nose for a yeah. couple of weeks. It's, you know, yeah. it's just, that's just what happens. But yeah. I, I, I know we digressed a little bit on the friends thing, but I think yeah. it's important because everyone deals with this. Well, let's get back to the framework. So I know we talked about reflecting, yeah. forgiving, yeah. and then yeah. protecting yourselves from content.
1: Yeah. So then the third point in that is really inspiration and dreaming. And what do I mean by inspiration? I think okay, once you've gotten past the season, this is the beginning of the season, or you know, you're walking through this and you already reflected, you forgave, you've been intentional about who you're spending your time with, who you're sharing your dreams with. Maybe you don't have dreams and that's okay, you know, but you're really intentional protecting yourself about who you're surrounding in the season, the content you're consuming, you're listening to podcasts that encourage you, not things that put you mentally in a bad place, then you're ready to go into start being inspired and dreaming, right? Maybe, for example, in my case, I you know I always wanted to be a news reporter, and that's all I wanted to be. And I was trying to go back into that industry for many years, but until I um, I came across Jenna Kutcher, you know the the Gold Digger podcast. I'm not sure if you're aware, um, familiar with her, but for me that was inspiration, right? That served as an inspiration where it's like I finally got a new revelation of something that I really wanted to do with my life, what I think my my future could look like. So I think it's really important that we you know take the time to get inspired, right? We start looking at reading about people that interest us. Maybe there is a podcaster whose podcast you like, or you like what they're doing with their business. Maybe uh, you have, you're an author and or you want to be an author. Start reading about different authors. How did they get their first book out? How did they do that? You know, just kind of getting back into whatever that thing is that you're overcoming. Start reading up on stories and being inspired and encouraged and start dreaming again. You know, you can start doing exercises where you start dreaming. Because I think a lot of times when we go through these moments of failure, we stop dreaming, right? I think it's very easy for us to say like, my big dream didn't happen, now what? What do I do? I don't have a dream, I don't have a vision for my life. That's 100% okay. But it's important that we do get a new vision for our lives, that we do, as we're walking through this healing process, that we do start getting excited about things again and start seeing like, okay, maybe it didn't work out in that city. Maybe I really wanted to live in LA, but LA, like it didn't work out in LA. Maybe my my future is really here in North Carolina. What, could I, what are the possibilities here? Or, you know, that marriage didn't work out, but that doesn't mean that there's not, you know, that I can't be married and I can't have a family and I can't rebuild, you know, just kind of getting a new vision, a new hope everything you've learned you've already kind of processed it and you're kind of you know walking this out but now it's time to start dreaming again and start being inspired and once you get past that it's the step four which is really taking action and community and what does that mean that means you start taking action so if you really want to start a podcast start researching what is needed to start a podcast or maybe you want to start a Montessori school for young you know for toddlers what does that look like with step 1 can you start reaching out to people in your community do you know anyone in your network that that maybe has Montessori school that you you know you'd want to talk to or maybe you can start looking at different YouTube channels and start getting inspired and start taking step 1 right maybe that is what does that look like everyone's step 1 is different but as long as you take baby steps towards your goal and start taking action you're going to start feeling like a new sense of purpose you're going to start gaining Traction, And what I mean by uh, community is like your why, like it it can't be about just you, right? If you start getting a bigger purpose for your why, the why behind what you're doing, that's going to be able to sustain you in those difficult moments. Because whatever you do, whatever that new dream is, it's going to be hard, right? But if you have a why that's bigger than just you and maybe your family, but the example that I just used of someone that wants to start a Montessori school, what would your why be? Your why would be something along the lines of you want to impact or help a hundred families raise confident toddlers or something along those lines, you know, but where the, the why is bigger than just you. Now, this is why that's so much bigger, right? Yeah. Cause
0: you're but inevitably, when you're starting something, it's going to be hard, right? You're yeah. going to feel vulnerable again. You're probably going to, you're definitely going to fail again in some form yeah. or fashion yeah. and you're going to grow and at some point, you need to be able to reach back to that why like, and think about when you're a little bit down, when you feel like that the day wasn't what you thought it was going to be or the week wasn't what you thought it was going to be, you got to re- be able to reach back and you're going to sit on that why and say, this is what's propping me up in this moment. Yeah. This is why I'm doing this. And so and it's why I ask every guest this question, because I think it's so important and, it, and, and I love what you said when I asked you that question about what your why and your purpose was, because you said it evolves, it changes. And that's Mm -hmm. so true. If you asked me my why 10 years ago, it would be completely different than it is today. And I imagine in another decade, it'll be completely different. But in the light season of life that I'm in now, this is certainly, you know, I I know what my why is. And Mm -hmm. when I have down days, it's, I can look back at that why, but it, the why doesn't happen overnight. Like you don't, I actually took like many, many weeks and wrote it down almost every day. And it slightly changed about every day. And then it stopped changing because mm-hmm. I kind of figured it out. It's like, this is okay. This is what I want to do. And that actually got me thinking about the third step when you talked about dreaming and trying to be inspired and, and figuring out what you want to do. I think it was James Clear who wrote Atomic Habits. He said in one of his newsletters, he said, every day, wake up. And the first thing you do is write down, what do I actually want to do? And not with, not with your day, but with your life, like, what do you actually want to do? And if you do that for about two weeks straight, that the answer will become more and more succinct and more and more clear as you start to think about it. And then I love, I could not love your fourth step anymore is just start, just go, just take action because it's, that's the hardest, I, I think personally, that's the hardest thing to do.
1: Yes, I agree. Yes, I think I think analysis paralysis is very real. It's so I mean I am oh, yeah. a victim for I'm, many I'm a
0: victim, yep.
1: Of analysis paralysis for so so many I mean, for so many years there I would say, oh, I want to start a YouTube channel, I wanted to start this, and I would kind of start it and then I would stop or I wouldn't really go through with it, you know. And that's why I say the why is important, right? Once you figure out the why, then you're not gonna be stumbling so much. You're gonna kind of keep going. Like step, maybe because I used to be really great at step A and B. But I would pretty much fall off by step C, you know, like I would never get to Z because I would always, you know, stop somewhere along the journey. But once I figured out, okay, I started taking the action and I figured out the why, then it's like this beautiful combination, this beautiful equation of you're like, okay, now you have, you know, you have the energy from both sides. Okay. Like now I'm going to go to the next step because I have my why and it's going to keep, you know, it's kind of like gas keeps pushing you forward, you know, but, uh, but yeah, analysis paralysis is a very real thing. I think, I think it's so easy for us to get inspired by something, start it and, or want to start it. But then we're like, no, no, no. The website has to be perfect before it goal is live or no, no, no. I cannot start episode number one of the podcast because I don't have 10 or I don't have my, my website isn't live or, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, uh, other scenarios. But yeah, no,
0: I've done, I've done the same thing. It's like when I was starting my podcast, I was like, oh gosh, I don't, like, how am I even going to get guests? I've never done this before. Well, it's like, yeah. how did anyone get guests? Everyone had yeah. to start with one podcast and then right. they got to go to the second episode right. and then they got to right. go to the third one. It's right. You can't just have 10, you know, yeah. you got to start. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And something that was a mind, a mind shift thing, uh, a piece of advice that helped shift my mind in the beginning when I was dealing with that, that sense of perfectionism in the beginning before launching my podcast. I remember I talked to a good friend of ours and he's like, I would call him a creative genius. He's just so great at all things creative. And he's just he's a really smart guy. And I remember he mentioned, he's like, hey, it's going to be sucky in the beginning, but that's okay. You just got to start somewhere. And guess what? Episode 10 is going to be a lot better than episode one. And episode 20 is going to be a lot better than episode 10. And I was like, you're right. Like, you know, I I think I had put a lot of pressure on myself to start this podcast. because I was like, I used to work in national news. I'm what if these journalists tune in and I'm supposed to be a professional. And I had put all these thoughts in my mind that were starting to kind of slow down the process. And when I kind of had that mind shift of, you know what, I just got to go and got to put out episode number one and episode 10 is going to be better than episode number one. Once I had that realization, it was really helpful. Like it's it pretty freeing.
0: Like- yeah, yeah. If, if you can right. if you can get your mind to to think about that, it, it becomes pretty freeing. And I think I've had some conversations with some other podcast hosts in the past and just like offline and we've talked about how also especially at the beginning, it's just not that important. I mean in the end it's really not that important yeah. overall like yeah. just in a worldly view of things, right? Yeah. Like my yeah. episode 2, the fact that maybe it doesn't it's not perfect, it doesn't have the right sound effects or <laughs> whatever right? there's too many ums right. like it'll be okay it's not that important right.
1: right right exactly i love that thought yeah exactly it's like it's not the end of the world and a lot of the times i think we get so obsessed with thinking everyone's looking at us that's i mean i know i've yes. struggled with that everyone's yes. gonna look at me and they're gonna be thinking this and that and the reality is like, no people
0: think about themselves
1: with exactly yeah, just, everyone's consuming yeah. their lives like no one you're not like no one's thinking that closely about you you know It's that's,
0: that's so true yeah. Well, I love the the four steps. Um, any other commentary on the framework?
1: You know, as I use, I, you know, sat down and really took time to analyze like what I had been through. And I'm like, honestly, it kind of falls into all that. It was, it was a rocky road and it took me six years. But my hope is that if someone kind of really, really is serious about overcoming failure, they can kind of go through this rather quickly, just go through the steps. And, you know, everyone's healing process is, of course, different, but I hope that that will help some people, you know, overcome it a little quicker than I did.
0: You've mentioned imposter syndrome a few times, Paula. Yes. I'm curious. I know you've interviewed a lot of trailblazing women. You've worked with a lot of people. How common is imposter oh, syndrome?
1: Super common. My gosh. I feel like it's interesting because it's like you have this conversation with these women that you think are like, oh my gosh, this woman would ne- never dealt with this or doesn't deal with this. And you have a conversation with them and a lot of times it comes up. you know. And I think it's very common. I would say I would say the majority of the women that I talk to, even though they're highly successful, I think everyone has these moments of, you know, the imposter syndrome creeps in, right? I think the difference is the more you kind of push through it, the more confident you get because confidence comes with action, right? So the more times you take action, like, you know, you started your business, but now you're in year 10 of your business and you've been pushing through for 10 years, you're going to have a lot more of that confidence to kind of fall back on because you pushed yourself, you did the things and now you're kind of growing that confidence level, right? The confidence tank. And I think the difference is only that it comes up a little bit less often, maybe than in the beginning. But I think it's definitely something that is so prevalent. I think everyone struggles with this, not feeling, you know, feeling that maybe they aren't qualified to be in the room or X, Y, Z thing. But I think it's a matter of shaking it off when it comes, you know, realizing, no, I am meant to be here. I am good enough. I am worthy. And I, I am great at what I do and pushing through and confidence comes with pushing through and taking action.
0: So when you do have that, you know, you're sitting in a room with 20 other people, you're the youngest, right? We've all been yeah. there and you have that thought bubble that comes in your mind. You're like, ah, I should, pro- I don't think that's right. I think I should yeah. speak up. And then you don't yeah. see the other 19 people speaking up. How do you go about actually speaking up?
1: That is great. Um, I'll pull from uh, Mel Robbins there, her five second rule. Uh, I remember I read that book a, a few years ago and I was and she talks about that. She uses this as an example. If you're in a meeting and you want to speak up, you have about five seconds from the time the idea comes into your head to actually do it as opposed to like letting it stop you, you know. And I think it's really important that when we have these moments, we, we speak up because I'll use my own life as an example. There were many times when I worked in news and I was working on these, I had these really cool opportunities to to do these stories we're talking about, like maybe stories for different, uh, different projects. And I wouldn't speak up on different ideas, or I knew someone was speaking up on an idea, but I knew that there was going to be a challenge or roadblock or an issue. And I wouldn't say anything to it because I just, you know, I felt like maybe they already figured it out. Who am I to say anything? And I wouldn't speak up. And then guess what? The roadblock would happen, the challenge would happen. And I could anticipate that. And I probably could have saved them a lot of time as well as the company a lot of time on something, right? And so what I came to the realization with is just that it's important that we use our voices and we speak up. And no one is smarter than me, no one is more. Qualified than I am. We're all in the same, you know, we're all on the same page. We're all human beings, right? We're all on the same level in this earth. And kind of putting that into my mind and being, being intentional about speaking up. And when I do have a cool idea, if I think it's cool, I can speak up, right? Because I remember specifically there was this one time that I for weeks, I didn't share in this brainstorm meeting that we had. And finally, I think it was one of the last weeks I shared. And I remember someone came up to me afterwards words and was like, that was a really cool idea. And I was like, thank you. You know, a lot of times we have these really great ideas, but we shrink back because of the pressure. We don't want to, you know, every, no one else is saying anything. So maybe I won't. But the truth is, it's like when you collaborate, you can make something really beautiful. Right. And I think, um, I think the way the workplace is moving now, too, I think bosses and companies are starting to realize that the more that they allow flexibility and open workplace for, you know, different ideas and you make employees feel valued and and heard, the more great things are birthed from that, right? So I think think it's really important that we kind of jump into when we have an idea and we're like, no, this is a good idea. I'm going to, I'm really, I think this is a really cool idea. I'm going to speak up, you know, and just doing it. I think it's really important that we use our voices and, you know, we lift our hands.
0: I think you're absolutely right. And I, I find it really interesting because, so I've been in corporate America for my whole career and obviously there's this huge push on diversity, right? Diversity Mm -hmm. of everything. And when we think about imposter syndrome, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, like diverse, let's go have like more diverse workforce. Let's go do all the right things in that case. But how do we fix those people that are coming into the workforce from having imposter syndrome? Because. At least my view is the whole, one of the main reasons for bringing diversity in is one, it needs to be fixed, but two is that we need diversity of thought. And if you bring more diverse people, they're going to have diverse, they're going to have different experiences, different upbringings, all these things, but you need them to feel comfortable to share those thoughts because it's one thing to bring them in, but the whole reason is you want that brainstorm, you want that idea generation, you want people collaborating. And so like, how do we cultivate this culture within a, within a workforce that people want to bring stuff up. They want to speak with before the five seconds is up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that that's a great point that you bring up. And I think, I think honestly, it has a lot to do with also like leadership and like upper, like upper management. And I think, uh, I think like you brought up some great books, like atomic habits, and I think growth mindset is a key word in this. I think the more we can companies can kind of like implement the importance of growth mindset for for employees to be able to be open to evolving and learning and growing i think that that's going to go a long way because the truth is we can't go back to the practices that we had like in the 90s and the early 2000s right that it's like you're if you're higher up you just know the right things to say and everyone else kind of has to be quiet i mean that's at least my interpretation yeah. of yeah sure you know?
0: sure yeah just seeing vulnerability from the from leadership is huge and then even just those little things like someone. And after the meeting, telling you, "Hey, I'm so glad you spoke up. Like that was such a good idea." Those yeah. little things, I bet the next meeting that you went into, you were way more confident to speak yes. up purely because yeah. you got some validation from right. up here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I love that idea too. Yeah, I think that that's that's also important, right? The more that we make space for these conversations, the more, um, yeah, I love that, and the more validation we have, and the more also that when feedback is given you know, that the person receiving it is open to that, you know, not someone that's going to like shut you down or say, Hey, like, you know, someone that's actually going to receive the idea and be, you know what, that's a great idea. Maybe we're not going to use it right now, but that is a great idea. And thank you. You know, I think there's uh, different ways to approach it, but yeah, I love that.
0: You know, one of the, the last topics I want to touch on, is, it ties into all this is around setbacks. You know, I was thinking about you do have imposter syndrome and then you finally, you take those less than five seconds and you speak up and then yeah. for some reason, it doesn't come across the way you want it to come across, or yeah. someone, you know, isn't too kind about your idea or what you bring up. And then you're, yeah. you know, okay, well, that's a setback. Like I just, I just went out of my I shell yeah. and, and then look, look, look what happens when I go out of my yeah. shell. So yeah. I, I know you have some thoughts around like reframing setbacks and, and that's just one example, but how do you coach people on how to reframe a setback like that? Yeah,
1: that's great. I think um, with imposter syndrome, something that someone said when they came on the podcast, it kind of stuck with me, is that there is a little bit of homework that you can do with imposter syndrome, and you can kind of do this at home, you know, like, for example, let's just say you're in a workplace and you really are dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome. It would be a good idea for you to go home and kind of go through this exercise, and what she mentioned was going through the process of writing down different accomplishments that you've had, you know, and reading them out loud to yourself. There's a lot, you can even record it and then listen back to it, because I think a lot Of times we we overestimate or we you know we overestimate the things that go wrong and we underestimate the things that went well right so I think a lot of times like it's for me it was really easy to to remember hey I went to this university and I got great grades and I graduated and. I was chosen for this opportunity and I worked in this field and, you know, like these are accomplishments, right? These are things that we can refer back to and say, hey, I had that story and it it aired on national TV and it did well. You know, those are some of the things that I would tell myself, but I think it's really easy for us to just kind of forget and just think like, oh no, we're not meant to be here, but no, you can go through all the things like why why you are meant to be there or why, you know, the accomplishments that you've had that have led you to where you are today. And there's a lot of power in listening back to that, kind of as if you you're listening to someone else's like resume or someone else's like life. And I think that's going to also encourage you. And when she said that, I was like, that is a great homework assignment to do. But your question was more like the setback, like how do you reframe that in your mind? And I think what I think the best thing to do with all these things is to even for redefining failure is realizing everyone goes through this. You're not the only one you know, it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling and that, you know, everyone gets, everyone has setbacks. Everyone has different moments where they don't feel qualified. Also, if maybe you're feeling a little insecure in that role, what is the context? Sometimes we go into these, these operate, these jobs and we, maybe there's a lot of context that we don't have, right? Maybe we don't have all the tools that are needed, right? We're just a lot of times, especially in the corporate world, we're just dropped into a project or dropped into a role without giving, being given anything. It's like, oh, here's this uh, Google Drive, or here is this folder, or here's the server, go look through all the stuff. And it's like, what? You know? So it's like, and as you know, the more time you're there, you start realizing that there's a lot more you know, context that you're missing, a lot of things that you're missing in order to draw the, you know, link between this and that or being able to analyze the situation. Well, so just knowing that, you know, that that's okay, you know, that you're growing, you're evolving and everyone goes through the same thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's spot on, Paula. And it's always so funny. And I've absolutely been a culprit of this is that for most of the time when you have a job, you were selected amongst a group of people for the job. Right. You didn't just show up. Right. and say i want uh, you know i'm i've earned this job it's no right. there are people in the company probably in the room with you that yeah. have so that were a part of the selection process to right. bring you in over other people right and we often forget that once once we're in it's like oh now i have to prove myself and sure like right. you want to do a good job and all mm-hmm. those things but we often forget that actually we were selected for a reason
1: right Exactly. 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 And that's why I think it's important that we write down these things. It's like we were chosen for this role. There's a reason why we were chosen for this. You know, what was our previous experience and kind of going over that? I think I think that's super helpful. Another thing, since you were talking about the diversity nugget, I'll mention is I think a lot of times, especially when it's like if you come from a minority background or not even just a minority background, any background, but a lot of times there's there's a lot of um, how do I reframe this? A thought that I've had that's helped me is kind of like a lot of times you've overcome a lot of things in your life in order to get to where you are, right? And maybe um, to give yourself grace is what I would say, right? A lot of times it's like, you know, there's a lot of other things that we can be dealing with on the side, like with our family. Like if you come from a single parent household, if you, you know, maybe don't come from the, you know, um, you know the the best social economic class, you know, yeah, or, you're you know,
0: caring for an elderly person, you're or something. Caring
1: for an elderly person, yeah. you have. Three children, you know, as opposed to some, or you, you're a parent, or you are a single mother, or, you know, you are also going to school. There's a lot of different life circumstances. It's not even necessarily like things from your childhood, but it could be things going on currently that maybe a lot of people aren't dealing with. So I've always been one to something that's helped me is like, you know, give yourself grace where you need to give yourself grace. It's like sometimes you're dealing with a lot of things that, like we mentioned earlier in the conversation, people don't know about. Not to say that that has to interfere with your work or that you should be sloppy. a worker that's not what I'm saying at all. But I guess I'm just saying to you know to give yourself some grace because a lot of times that there's a lot of there's a lot of layers and a lot of factors and maybe you know give yourself grace. Focus on what you have to focus on, learn the things you learn, you need to learn and ask the questions that you need to ask. I think it's very common, especially for women to not ask the questions that we need to ask where we're like, oh yeah, yeah, we got it when we really don't. So I think it's really important that we're like, like Sheryl Sandberg said, just ask the questions, you know, ask what you need to ask because it's better that you do a good job now that you have all the pieces and information rather than trying to, you know, duct tape things together or guess your way through something. So I think those are some kind of things that I've, I've gained just in my own life, you
0: know, with this whole. Whole oh, whole that's today. great and grace is my mother's favorite word so yeah. she'll love love to hear that word on the podcast <laughs> yeah so well yeah. bala thank you so much for taking the time today i'm so grateful for the conversation i feel like we could have talked for a lot longer given these mm-hmm. subjects and dove into a lot of different things but maybe for a second podcast down the road i hope you're proud of what you've done around your podcast mm-hmm. i think it's it's excellent and so keep up the great work keep keep going. You're obviously fulfilling your why and your purpose. We'll link everything from the, you know, your Instagram and your podcast. What else do you want to direct the listeners to?
1: Yeah, so my podcast, as you mentioned, is a great place to find me. Um, we have episodes come out every week and um, as well as my website, paolasores.com. My name is hard to spell, so I'll spell it really quick, but it's P-A-O-L-A and the last name is Soares, S-O-A-R-E-S.com. So that's my website. You can go on to hear a little bit about more about my story, find information about the podcast there, everything above. So
0: you can Excellent. find oh, I'll make sure I link all of that So Paula, thank you so much for joining. Thank Thank you so much for being on. We've built with Paula.
1: Thank you, Clay. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey listener, it's Clay. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the build with clay podcast. I encourage you to subscribe wherever you listen so you can discover all the episodes and hear from others about their growth journey. If you know me at all, you know that I love feedback. So please rate the episode and provide your comments so I can grow and be better for you and our guests. For more content, you can find build with clay on Instagram at build with clay and head to claydavis.substack.com where you can sign up for a bi-weekly newsletter sent directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're inspired to grow.